no one's getting rid of us yet because this is going to be a two-parter. <gasps> yes. We're so, actually going uh, go to go 81 episodes for this season. <laughs> Lucky for you guys. This is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, December 3rd, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a weekly podcast with two producers on opposite coasts. Christian is in lovely New York City. I'm in lovely Los Angeles, and we're exploring what it means to be good producers while still navigating the coronavirus. As we work overtime, basically, to keep our crews safe and our industry working, now more than ever, it's important for us to keep sharing our experiences, our ideas, our, you know, what's happening on the job, what's happening at home. And building a community, which is the topic of this show. Yes. As well. So we want to hear from you. This is even if we don't make it in the next episode, we'll save it for next season, next year. Share your stories with us. Are you working? If you are, how are you staying safe? Email us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. And please rate this show on Apple Podcasts. Share the show with your friends and colleagues, your family. We want these stories to be heard. I mean, heck, it just they they're relatable. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all going through we're all going through our, our unique things uh, during this weird <laughs> time. So sharing, <laughs> sharing is caring, guys. Christian, this is a really cool episode. Um, and as I said, we're going to split it into two because we had such a great long chat with Perry Schaefer and Michael Port of Wearspot. I know. They were so great. I mean, we did this on a Saturday night so everybody could have a drink, too. So it was really great. <laughs> Back to the roots of the show. Yes. A couple wonderful gentlemen with oodles of experience in the industry, and they have done exactly this. They've created a community, creative community called Wearspot. It's mostly now operates on Facebook. Fascinating, though, how it started. Fascinating how it started. And, you know, there's also, we all know co-pros. Right. That's another kind of community. I don't know, Christian, this one feels different for me. This one just it seems... is because it's not just production people. It's um, you got your DPs in there. You got yeah. your agency producers. Yeah. You got your directors. You know, you got um, just and I think the criteria to join is they want to know that you're in the business. And that and how they judge is by how you say how you talk about yourself, which is very interesting to me because we do know each other. Like the moment you um, call a PM in anywhere in the country in St. Louis and you start talking to them, you get clues on whether they've done this before yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> exactly. So that's how they that's how you get in is making sure that, you know, you know what you're talking about. Hey, Christian, we had somebody send us a voice memo. Her name is Angie McMahon. And let's take a listen. Hi, my name is Angie McMahon. I am in Chicago. I teach sketch comedy writing, stand-up, and storytelling at the Second City, and I do freelance writing for other companies. Um, am I working right now? No, Second City is not operating right now. But I am doing some freelance writing, some virtual events, um, because of Wisecracking, the weekly um, live streaming comedy game show that I created that is on Fridays at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time at Wisecracking.com every Friday. That has taken up the time during the quarantine. And that show has been so helpful to get through this time. We have 22 writers in the writer's room. I have a cast of 15 people that rotate in and out. We have a project every week. We see each other every week. We laugh with each other every week. And honestly, it's the only way, really, we're getting by. There is more 
filming happening again in Chicago, but then again, it's getting shut down again. So yeah, creating your own work and in this weird time, almost creating a whole new genre of entertainment and wondering how much effort should I put into this? Because if everyone will be vaccinated by March, then will this genre of entertainment even still exist? So those are some of the challenges I'm going through. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Angie. I I mean, Angie, I mean, good for keeping, I mean, that's, that's perfect for today's episode of community. Absolutely. Like she's figured out a way to, you know, like stay in touch and keep a community going, or at least have something to occupy your brain space. Cause that's what, you know, I'm having trouble with is brain space occupation right now. And to make people laugh. <laughs> yeah. Making people laugh is um if that's a, a, a gift that you have or a tool in your toolbox, using it right now. Yes. Is really important. Yeah. So check out her show, guys. She got a free plug in for her show, Wise Cracking Comedy. Good job, Angie. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for sharing. And uh, yeah, I think we're all kind of feeling the same way. I didn't know about film production getting shut down in Chicago. Is that? Well, I could imagine that it is. I mean, I I have to say that I'm concerned about uh, the lack of. well, first of all, are we essential? Now, this is a this could be a mm. huge thing that mm-hmm. I'm stepping into right now. Yeah, so, you are. <laughs> but I mean, earlier today I was like, I need to get myself in a space where I can handle advertising. Yeah, I that that's my brain is just like, wh- what makes advertising essential? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm sure I can make something up and tell myself, but I was having a hard time earlier today. <laughs> How are you today, by the way? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's been a, it's been a, a, a rough week. Yeah. Some, some, you know, personal tragedies on my part, which mm-hmm. I won't get into and just finding work to be very, very challenging. Everything takes longer. Everything is slower. And, um, the expect- expectations are higher. They're higher. Which is fascinating. And I'm feeling the toll. I'm really feeling the toll. So I'm I'm wrapping up a couple projects and I think I'm gonna take the next few weeks off for the holidays and just Good. use that time to recharge. I hope so because you know, I've had a little time off now and I did not use well, I did not oh shit. Like how are we supposed to use our time off? You yeah. know what I mean? How? how I mean, how what does recharging mean? Like what I mean, am I supposed to like go on a private retreat and <laughs> You know, like, or right. do a, you know, a cross, like, go to boot camp or, or, like, what am I, how am I supposed to? And I don't even have the tools anymore because uh, yeah. I think that this, I think that you and I created a community, which, uh, a sub-community in our community, which has helped quite a bit. But I'm, you know, I'm struggling with, with even contributing to the community. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know that uh, we're not going to suck everything up with mental health guys, but I had a a thought, right? So I'm supposed to be, as a producer, strong enough to handle anything, Mm -hmm. work out every single person's problems, keep everybody safe, and come in under budget and make the company money. Yeah. So all of those things combined, is that's a lot of responsibility. Even admitting all of this is a faux pas. You know, like my mom used to say, well, I would complain more, but who would listen? And it's true. And I, you're not allowed to even say that you're, that you're having these troubles. Yeah. I think that's something we all need to wrap our heads around is how to 
how do we take care of ourselves? How do we take care of ourselves? Right. Because as producers, we take care, like you said, of everybody's problems. Oh, I'm so good at other people's problems. Are you kidding? But now I'm good at other people's budgets. I'm good at (laughs) managing other people's money. I'm good at managing other people's diets and lunch and all that kind of shit. What I'm not good at is turning all of that on myself while I'm working. To to be fully honest, I'm not good at it when I'm not working either. (laughs) And we need to. We need to because these times are insane. Uh, the, the 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 mental impact of not being able to see your friends, not being able to live the life the way you used yeah. to. It's a lot. And we drinking outside doing, instead of just drinking in your house. <laughs> which we can't do now anymore. Everything's shut down. Well not after ten PM for sure. Yeah, nowhere. I mean I'm not we're not technically oh, right. even allowed yeah. to I'm gonna link to this in the show. We're gonna put the mayor's of LA's order for mm-hmm. all the new restrictions. You're not allowed right. to be outside with a member of a different household. Ever? Even six feet. Of, like if you're. Then how. Then. But you can be because you're deemed essential if you're filming. Right. Yeah. So. So how is this helping? We. we for, for our listeners. Before we started recording. We called Film LA. Just to kind of check in about this new. These new orders. Right. Because there is something that says permitted activities and business sectors must close operations between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Right. And normally, you know, for film, you get a bunch of signatures and you can shoot as late as you want. So we asked them about that and they said, well, we're not telling people that you can't (laughs) definitely shoot after 10. We're just saying we're going to look, take more scrutiny looking at it. So if you're planning a night shoot out there, anybody, you might want to get that request in early because that just came down yesterday, December 2nd. I'm going to put a link to the show notes uh, of the PDF of the the actual order. And somebody, I think in CoPros, highlighted it uh, in the areas Mm -hmm. that they seem to think would affect film uh, production. And why, I I mean, number 20 in in my mind is, you know, like in New York, uh, if you read through it, like number 20 in my mind would would affect you know, us in New York, but since it's LA, I think it doesn't matter, but it's about occupancy and how many people you're allowed to have inside, yeah. which makes sense to me that there would be some sort of recommendation on that. But it sounds like it <laughs> sounds like you guys are just left to your own devices. We're left to our own devices. And they said, because we are considered essential workers, we can continue filming and there's no shutdown as of yet. Yeah. Everyone just try to be safe and use common sense, please. Yes. Okay, so, Christian, yeah. <laughs> have you seen the AICP memo that went out? I just saw it. Late-breaking. I guess it came out two days ago, and I guess they are having a you know one of their weekly town halls. I, I'm sure some of the listeners probably listen to the town hall, maybe no more than we do, but uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to this. I've not seen anything yet, though, on the boards. but Yeah, I haven't but really. I, I haven't been looking for it either, I so really maybe I missed it. Either, but this memo basically is summarizing the, the fuller contract that they've negotiated with the DGA, IOTSE, and the Teamsters. 817 yeah, and 399 everyone. for protocols and testing. So here's here's what it says. I'm just going to read it down. It says the term of the deal commences on December 15th and will run through April unless terminated by either party or extended. Everyone in employment will need to be tested prior to employment. However, unlike the deal that is that the unions made with the studios two months ago, there are several carve outs pertaining to the uniqueness of commercials, such as tests carrying over from previous jobs. So they don't really go into how that's going to be handled. 
they said it's too detail oriented to kind of give a general overview, but there are some work. Yeah, like if they were car- if they were tested on a Monday, had a shoot on Tuesday, and then you're shooting Thursday, maybe you don't have to do it. The other thing that's the most important thing to know for budgeting: if an employee <laughs> is tested for employment on your production at a time that they aren't working, they will be uh, you'll be required to pay them a hundred and seventy five dollars stipend. Right. That's going to burden a lot of budgets. Where is that money going to come from? Is it obviously we're going to put it in addition to what we would normally budget, but we all know that we have to hit numbers. Mm -hmm. So where is 175 times 35 to 60? (laughs) 10? I don't know. Plus employer payroll taxes, because this is union, so everybody has to be paid on a time card. Yep. Listen, I know that this should be done, but this is a big this is a big step forward on making sure that it is done. I'm I'm really glad. I think Christian, we've talked about this. Like the a big burden about each job is that every job's been different. Every job's you've kind of had to come up with your own testing plan. And if you're paying them, if you're not paying them, and blah, blah, blah. And now now that we have some guidelines, even though they're very expensive guidelines, it's good to have guidelines and something uniform from job to job. Well, here's something that may affect it, though. However, um, I, I I agree with you 100%. Everything that I've done up to this point, every single job has been different. Yeah. What we've done. Yeah. Um, but, and I know that the PCR tests are the best tests. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of the 175 is the cost of the PCR test, which is the most expensive, even though it's the best test. Yep. Again, it's the most expensive. Yes. So they're... You know, there just isn't a way around this on a union job. Not that there should be, again. <laughs> right, right. But there's not a way around spending the money, is yeah. my point. So take that 175 and double it. And it, it doesn't really say what happens if you have a positive test. It does say all employees must have a negative result prior to the start of employment. Totally fine. How are we supposed to handle that as production? Yep. And um, what, are we supposed to see proof of this? Yeah. Are we supposed to believe them? How do we ask somebody to verify that they've had a test within the Without violating HIPAA laws? So yeah, this also says the tests will have to be done within a three-day window of the start (laughs) of employment. Yeah. And must be a lab-based PCR test. That's what I'm saying. Or two PCR rapid tests done at the same time. I don't really understand. I don't understand that because there's no such thing as PCR rapid. There are. Sony Pictures has has one that our friend Mercedes is is running the the shop over there. And they do have concierge service, I believe. So you might want to check in with her. But yeah, I don't know how. I mean, it's not readily available. It's not readily available. I mean, I can find rapid antigen tests, no problem. They're falling out of my butt right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Lastly, until December 15th. No testing's required. However, if you do require an employee to be tested and they are not employed at the time of testing, on the clock, a minimum of $100 will be due as the stipend prior to December 15th. So basically, if you've had a job awarded, congratulations. Now you got to go to the agency and get an overage if you didn't have money in to pay people to go get tested. Well, last thing that I will say is, is that if the person is employed, then you don't have to pay them. But employed by who? Like if they're on another job and they can stop by and get it, can you not pay them at that point? Or oh. should you just assume that since you're not paying them for the day, you're definitely paying them for the day? 
Right. Like if you're if they're prepping on another job or something. Yeah, like art department or and wardrobe. So they're getting paid technically. They're getting paid. They're employed. Right. I know. Like there's this I know there's um there's a lot of loopholes here that I could see. Until you go th- like we've been saying, until you go through a job, you can't plan for all the different scenarios. So some scenario is gonna come up and uh yeah, you'll have to get Jane Jane on the phone to let us know what to do <laughs> what to do. Well, um this is gonna this is a game changer. This is going to set some standards, but also break some budgets. It is. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about mental health, Christian, and and part of us starting this podcast was to create a community. And I think this is all tied in together. I think we've somehow come crazy full circle in in realizing that we need each other in this business because Mm -hmm. it's if you have a spouse or a partner or whatever, friends that aren't in the industry, it's hard to really connect with them. I won't. there's no reason to explain Mm-mm. what we do. I mean, we get what we do. Um, there's a shorthand when we discuss it. Yeah. But like, a, you know, like at parties, we just gravitate towards each other versus right. let right. the spouses talk. And that's what Michael and Perry have done yeah. with Wear Spot is to create this awesome community. I think, how many members was it? Did they say? I thought it was over 10,000 at this point. That's amazing. If you don't know them, they're on Facebook. Just look up Where's Spot two S's. Mm-hmm. And it's also wherespot.com is kind of their landing page, but that just basically redirects you to to the community on Facebook. We had a great chat with them. And I have to say, before we go to the interview, I've posted a couple of questions recently on Wherespot asking for some help. A lot of people responded, gave me a lot of great recommendations, and I haven't been able to text anybody back or message anyone back to say thank you. So if you've seen my posts, thank you for your recommendations. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I'm going to do it. It was all very helpful. Before we get to the interview, go to our website. There's still something we know we need to update some stuff. That's on our list. It's on our list. We'll we'll do it Mm -hmm. over the break. But we still have the Do the Work page. We made a page on our website called Do the Work with anti-racism resources for you to educate yourself on the issues of racism that have long plagued our society and our industry, as well as a link to actual things that you can do to support Black Lives Matter movement. And we also have the Take Action page. And on there... Postcards to swing states is they're still still linked there, and right now they're offering postcards to Georgia for the I know, Senate I runoff. I signed up for my two hundred and fifty postcards, so we have time. So if you want right. to do it, you should do it, guys. It, it basically it, it informs voters in Georgia to make sure they get to the polls and cast their ballot for their pick for the Senate runoff race. Obviously, yeah, doesn't matter who you vote for, just as long as you vote. Exactly. All right. Michael Port is an advertising executive and entrepreneur. He has founded 10 ad tech marketing companies, all involved in the creation and production of broadcast and digital advertising and branding. From ad creative and branding to production, edit, audio, effects, and PR to community and technology. It's crazy. (laughs) At various points in his career, Michael has been a writer, producer, director, technology developer, and business executive. Currently, Michael is the executive creative director at The Field, a boutique ad agency and post-production company. He's also the partner in Wearspot.com, which was the original 20-year-old website, Community and Commerce for Prisoners of Advertising. (laughs) I love that. He began his career at traditional ad agencies like McCann Erickson, J. Walter Thompson, Ogilvy & Mather, 
and Hal Reine and Partners. And Perry Schaefer, through his representation firm Schaefer Rogers, is aligned with a group of world-class content creators, production companies, filmmakers, animation companies, and the like. He has been responsible for bringing together world-class marketers and content creators to produce important communications for Fortune 1000 companies. Long before the term social media was born, he founded WearSpot, a robust social media property that has been providing value to the business community for 20 years. We're very fortunate to be speaking to both of them. And this is a lovely way to end the season. So here's part one. Let's take a listen. So thank you, Perry and Michael, for joining us tonight. First, we'd love to know from each of you where you're at right now, how you're doing, how's your health, your family, etc. Thanks. I'll, I'll jump in. I am in uh, Bucolic, Southhold, New York, on the eastern end of Long Island on the North Fork. We uh, blessedly got a little place out here like three years oh, wow. ago. And when we came, we said, well, if the shit ever hits the fan, we'll have a place to go. <laughs> yep. all, the well, fo- all the foreshadowing there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At an apartment in Cobble Hill, we were a little out of love with it anyway. So when it all happened, it at least was up in June. It was an easy decision to put our stuff in storage. And here we are. Nice. And, and well, thank you. Everybody's good. And Michael. How about you, Michael? And I'm in Bukalik, uh, New York City, where, you know, this shit hits a fan every day. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> and uh, you, you were asking about family. And I, I listened to your podcast and people talk about how, you know, they're healthy, et cetera. So everybody in our family is healthy, doing very well. Though I will tell you that, and even Perry doesn't know this. One of our daughters works on a TV show. It's got a little COVID going around right now, and she was just exposed. So she is now, as of today, or of yesterday, mm-hmm. actually, quarantining for 14 days. And uh, that's a little, yeah, it's a little, it's a little unfortunate. So yeah. it happens. It does happen. We have to be careful out there. An abundance of caution is necessary. So it's good that she's quarantining, that they told her, because I've heard, you know, We've heard many things in this industry, right? So it sounds like they're doing it right. Well, I, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't mention the show, but uh, you know, she found out from the person, not from the show. Oh, oh. And the show has not been that communicative and that forward about it all. So it's not that they're hiding it. It's just that there's not a lot of communication. You think it's all planned out and figured out, and everybody has a plan that's very well organized. And this is a big show, big network show. Nah. No. Yeah, we were just talking about that on our last episode. Yes. Until you get through it, it's hard to have a plan for every possible scenario. And you have to kind of look at all the information as to, you know, when they got tested, what kind of test. And and it's just a lot of moving parts to to navigate these days. And three days or two days, two and a half days later, they may have, it may be a false positive. It's unclear at this moment. So. Exactly. Well, hoping the best for her, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we get into all the nitty gritty, this is Producers Happy Hour, guys. So are you enjoying a cocktail this evening? So I decided not. I'm having some uh, because I had a cocktail this afternoon. It was uh, a picnic day today, very socially Uh, distant with some friends in the park on a blanket with food and uh, blankets, two different blankets, uh, 10 feet apart. And uh, we had our cocktails out there, even though that's not quite the legal way to do it. So I decided I'm drinking water now so I can get to the interview. (laughs) Very about you. (laughs) I have a uh, lovely uh, Cabernet here, Oberon. Lovely. 
It's a uh, just a little presumptuous and uh, <laughs> I love a presumptuous wine. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Christian. What about you? I'm just having a good old Hemingway. Oh. There you go. Exactly. When in doubt, my, right? My standard IPA right, <laughs> right. here. So. Nice. I have vodka Cheers. right there, so I, I may have okay. to. If you have you to. May, you might if you have to. We know to. it's yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, obviously we've given a little intro to both of you, but I would still love you guys to talk a little bit. Of, give us a little snapshot of your background. What led you to where you are today? We'll get into where spot later, but just about you personally. Perry, do you want to start? Sure. I stumbled into production running away from my chosen profession law, <laughs> California bar, the whole thing. I went from JD to PA. Um, I just was looking for something new to do and looked, interested in moving back to New York where I grew up. Law school was in the Bay Area. And I'll never forget my first day on a set. It was like, this is fun. People do this for a living. <laughs> this is... mm-hmm. But the key moment was when the caterers came with lunch and set out a really terrific lunch in a, like a cornfield. It's like, I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And you could have seconds, yeah, I, right? <laughs> exactly. It's mm-hmm. all good. So uh, and I just started on that path and location scout. I did everything in production, produce, guild AD. Mm. But I was warned by some of my, uh, by one of my mentors. He said, watch out for the trap of gold. You make a nice day rate, but you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I never wanted to do the feature thing. I didn't want it enough. I didn't want to move back to L.A., I finally embraced advertising, mm-hmm. had a chance to work at a tremendous, long-defunct company, kind of the, uh, you know. One of the granddaddies. Important. There were only a handful of companies that mattered. And my own little company, it had a nice little run, and it was all good. And then uh, I ran its course and decided to go into the repping uh, game. And I've been doing that for a long time. So uh, I'm a trained professional rep, a nice roster of clients, and that's that's my deal. Amazing. Michael, how about you? Yeah, thank you. I am one of those film school boys. Um, <laughs> I went to film school. You and me thought, both. Yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. uh, don't do it, kids. I went to film school and came out thinking that I would become a documentary filmmaker until I realized that that didn't actually pay. And the first paying job I got was in production on television commercial. I didn't even know television commercials did that. I moved to Los Angeles and eventually uh, fairly quickly became a producer at an ad agency. I worked as an ad agency producer and then a production company producer and then eventually started a few companies that all worked in the advertising production business from editorial to production to now sort of an ad, a small ad agency type company. So I've done a little bit of everything, audio company. I consider myself a advertising entrepreneur more than a advertising person. I've worked as a writer or director, a producer, et cetera, but I really consider myself mostly a producer and uh, I continue to do that, you know, many, many years later and I still like doing it on a daily basis. It's the process that I like. Yeah. I love my job too. Yeah. I, I'm, I just, every, every day I wake up and I get to do this because, you know, as freelancers, we choose to do what we do. So. Yeah, I I love hearing it when people like their jobs. <laughs> it's a it's a good job. It's mm-hmm. a good if you can continue to do it and you can uh, deal with all the crazy personalities. It's a fantastic yeah. job. Yes, yes, yeah. and the budgets, and the budgets, <laughs> <laughs> as we know, <laughs> so. more and more so. Well, so I'm very curious now. Switching gears slightly is how did Wearspot get started? 
And what was the initial the intent? Story. Yes, yes. I'll, tell, I'll let Perry, because Perry, it was Perry's baby, Perry, Perry's idea. Oh, wow. I'll let him yeah. start that thing about him sitting yeah. in his underwear, but you can go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. I'm sure you've heard this story a couple of times too, right? <laughs> so my son was playing hockey and I'm sitting at home. I liked computers even then. Think about it, like 20 plus years ago. And I got an email saying, hey, because you're a hockey dad and we have your email address, you're getting this email. And if you hit reply, everybody else will get the email. Now, that sounds like nothing today, right? <laughs> but in those days, that was a thing. Yeah. And I said, that's crazy. Everybody's connected via an email address. And I went to the footer and it was a thing called ListBot and I clicked on it. Mm. And this is called like ListServe or something, whatever it was called back then. This is like primitive stuff, right? right. This is practically in the age of dial-up. But it just, I had an epiphany. It's like, wow, this would be cool for our business. It still was dial-up by the not in sort yeah. of like, it was dial-up. It was literally dial-up. Virtually, yeah. And I just said, this will be good for our business if everybody could be connected because everybody always wants to know something. Everybody's always trying to figure out how to do something they never did before. If we could have the people with the actual knowledge, that would be great. Literally the next day, I was sharing an office with a terrific guy who's retired now. Jim Golden had a production company with, and Kendra Gellner, terrific gal, still sort of around, was in the office, the two of them. And I said, come on over here right away. And I, and I started setting it up with an account. I said, I'm going to do this thing right now that's going to connect people in the business. And the first thing I have to do to set it up is name it. So help me name it. Here's what it's like about, you know, advertising and about, you know, whatever. And they threw out some things and somebody mentioned where spot. And, and as you may or may not know, if you have young kids or around young kids, there's actually, it was a book, where's spot. And I thought, Oh, that's good. Where's spot done. Thank you. <laughs> and then I said, okay, now I'm going to send you an email, connect you, connect you. And, so the underwear part is because in those days, <laughs> separated from the very first Mrs. Schaefer, and we had Dad's hippie crash pad, and I'd like be sitting in my underwear smoking a cigar watching ESPN, and I'd be emailing people to invite them to join Wear Spot because that was what it took in those days, right? To literally build, yeah, that origin and story. Do, well, and then to follow it up with me, I, you know, he invited me into that, and I said, "This is a fantastic idea." But, you know, you should incorporate a website together, et cetera, et cetera. He says, okay, come, let's do that. So the two of us together did that. Our first logo was a dog. The idea was to have a video cassette in his mouth. We never did that part, but it was a, was, it was a dog. Where's spot? I mean, like and, a three quarter or a. Yeah, exactly. Remember those three quarters? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I joined Perry on this talking about the technology. We've gone through probably four or five different versions of technology mm. to do that, including at one point writing a whole suite of software that we did with databases and pictures and videos and this whole thing, which wow. we tried to do about now about 14 years ago, 13, 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we've been working on this thing constantly since yeah. 20 <laughs> years ago. It seems like a lot of work, by the way. Yeah, it's deceptive 
in a way because you know you could just look at it and say that's oh, a Facebook mm-hmm. group, whatever. Uh, Perry's wife, Lisa, is a lover of Wearspot, except for the fact that she would tell us when we were working on site, you guys can't do this. And it's like too much time. It's every night at three o'clock in the morning. And she's our the driver of us knowing that we've put too much effort and time into this. Right. Talk about where spot is being for prisoners of advertising, but we're the ultimate prisoners of where spot. Um, <laughs> but we love it. We do love and, it. Um, it's worth all the effort and time. Perry and I have been doing this together for about 20 years, but we just invited mm-hmm. another guy, Jonathan Shipman, who you might know. He was a long-term uh, producer in the business, mm-hmm. both at agencies and at production companies to join us with some new ideas and new thoughts. So we're in the midst of rethinking it even one more time. Nice. We know it can be better. Yeah. In fact, we were going to ask you guys, I mean, I noticed, Lawrence, you posted not that long ago. Christian, I accuse you of being a lurker because I don't think you've posted Mm-mm. yet. I was able to. <laughs> you know, I will when I need but, something uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we always love asking people, you know, what they love and hate about it because uh, Facebook is great in many ways. And it's and, terrible uh, in many yeah. ways. I'm just going to yeah. say it. It's uh, just terrible well, in certain we think ways. About, yeah. We think about that every day. And that's one of the reasons yeah. we're making thoughts about. Well, it's like going to the public town square, as they say, you know, and so it can be a wealth of knowledge or a wealth of information that you may not want to have, too. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I would say even at best, there are limitations to the platform. Totally. Just, you know, it's the nature yeah. of how it's engineered. There are things you might like to do if you were building it from right. scratch. I agree. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. To add functionality. And that's what we think about. But on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of it, it works on some level. You know, so many people are there and it's easy mm-hmm. to join and on and on. So and we, you know, the, listen, we have a, ostensibly 10,000 plus members. So if somebody- Right, that was one of my questions. Like, what are you up to now with membership? So the, the official number is somewhere over 10,000. Are the people that use it on a monthly basis, probably in the 3,500 to mm-hmm. 5,000, you know, person number, they're right. on it sort of all the time and asking questions and answering. And the thing about where spot, and if I can say it, is that it works. If you need to know anything about production, if you need to know anything about what's being done with COVID, if you need to know anything about, you know, what places around the world are open and do you have, need a helicopter pilot in Israel? You can mm-hmm. find out tomorrow. 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 You can yeah, get exactly. the answer. We are, it's <laughs> all, we vet our people. One thing we do do, I mean, we have 2,500 people in queue waiting to join, but they need to answer some questions about who they are before we let them in. So they're not, we don't let them in. And I want to ask you about that, but I want to, I want to back up a little bit because in answering your question and what do we like about it? What yeah, do we not like? I mean, I don't like that it's Facebook, but I do like the community and the exchange of knowledge, the exchange of information, which is exactly why Christian and I started this podcast. You know, yes. it's the same exact thing that we're in this very bizarre business where you don't really I mean, I guess you can kind of have a mentor to kind of guide you, but it's really like you jump in to the deep end and kind of figure it out. You don't work with other producers. You don't know how other producers do things. You kind of have to. And there's not a producer school. But then there's not a producer (laughs) school. So I think that's the amazing thing. So what I wanted to ask, you mentioned this. I love this saying, I guess one of the original quotes or taglines for where Spot was a community and commerce for prisoners of advertising. Um, but right now, I think your website says solving production problems for over 20 years, mm-hmm. which I think really kind of hones in on what the point of the community is. But Perry, when you started it and just joined those first, you know, handful of people, 
what was your intent? Did you ever think it would grow this large or do you think you'd be solving production problems or are you just looking to have some sort of community? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I haven't thought about it that much lately, but I, I just knew that it would be useful. Yeah. I, I felt intuitively it would be useful because we're always trying to figure out things we never did before. Uh-huh. I remember Perry saying to me really early on when we were doing this, he said, listen, because I asked him that question too. When he said like, how'd you come up with this idea? He says, listen, I get a phone call or two or three a day from somebody asking me a question. If I could just type it out and send it, it would take a lot less time and effort. And I'm happy to do it. I like doing it because it makes me feel good. So we all do this. And I think all producers, people who are producers, and somehow it's inbred in them to help other people. Yes. You just don't have time to be on the phone. You know, now nobody's on the phone, but in those days, everybody was on the phone. You didn't have enough time. You didn't have time to spend an hour on the phone a day doing that. So this was his way of easily helping people and answering them. And that was always his thing. I don't think we ever thought community, you know, that word didn't exist. Yeah. I don't think he even thought until I came along, he was thinking, he didn't even think there'd be a way to, because my thought was, let's turn it into some way to make money that hasn't (laughs) happened yet, but (laughs) we're still working on it. But, You'll get you know, there. he, you know, he was just wanting to help people and that was, that's who Perry is, you know? So it's mm-hmm. really his, the heart of Perry is really the heart of where spot because he, he likes to help people. I love that. It's fun. Yeah. And, and it, and it's, you know, it just, it just works. I mean, in a way it's funny because again, if Google was around, it was barely around and it wasn't nearly as good as it is now, you know? Yeah. Search. Yeah. There's just gotten a lot better. I remember working at somewhere large like Radical or RSA and they would have pits, right? Like five or six jobs would be going on at a time. And if you had an issue, you would just walk around to each pit and <laughs> and yeah. talk to the people in there like, oh shit, I need this, right? So this is that. Yeah. If you if you couldn't find it in your LA 411 or your NYPG, exactly. yeah. Yeah, you go to the, the next pit over so and Lawrence, see what they're doing. You've used it, right? You've posted mm-hmm. questions. I have. Yeah. Is it helpful? Is it, how does it feel yeah, to be a user? I think it's great. It's lovely. There's another kind of list serve community out there called CoPros. Yeah. And, right. you know, I know you're more active in that Christian yes. than I am. I kind of just let that just slide, well, slide into the background a little every, bit. Every community, and this is one of my questions for later, but every community has um, strong personalities sometimes that <laughs> take over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I've seen much more friendlier interactions mm-hmm. on WearSpot than I've seen on yeah. CoPros. We've always felt strongly about that piece of it and, you know, keeping it civil. Yeah. You know, from the very first time we promulgated FAQs, et cetera, it was always, you know, very important. Uh, no personal attacks. Right. Yeah. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. There have been times, I mean. Sure. There have been moments when we've had to really, you know, get involved, so to speak. At this point, blessedly, you know, the community kind of, uh, there there is this, Mm -hmm. you know, culture and the community kind of uh, polices itself Mm -hmm. and and we pay attention. So things don't get out of hand. It's interesting, the most, I guess, the most um, current examples of that, when we see somebody asking to hire a, a, a yes. female director or, or, uh-huh. or, yes. those are the, or someone of color. Those are the, those are, my, uh-huh. those are the ones I read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always a couple of people who are like, this is illegal. 
This is terrible. And on and on. And sometimes, you know, that gets a little difficult. But, you know, we, we sort it out and we do what we have to do to keep and, things and it, yeah. right. Keep and as Barry said, we our, our users pretty much do it for us. But occasionally, Perry and I have to jump in, maybe remove a post or two and hit somebody on their hands and say, don't do that. Right. Well, how do you vet members? Can we start there? Yeah, basically, you know, you just have to have some real connection to the business. So website, LinkedIn, like. Or, or not even that. Just say what you do. Right. We now, we um, actually now are asking if you go to sign up mm-hmm. right now, there'll be an, a question that says, please go here, which is our mm-hmm. website and fill out this form. Tell us who you are. And you could be a student Mm -hmm. who is interested in advertising, advertising production or production. You could be a sound guy. You can be anything. We're not calling people up and finding out that you actually did work on that thing. (laughs) Right. We're not doing that. Right. Oh, I wish that was that. Yeah. (laughs) No, but the people that, you know, if you fill out this form, we know you're a real person and we'll let you in. So it's not complicated. It's not hard. You don't want Mm -hmm. somebody who's out there to troll people who yeah. are professionals. So the people are in it are professionals. And we have occasionally go back and forth about a certain type. For instance, should we let actors right. in? You know, oh, this is yeah. a good question. You know, well, some actors are also producers or there's an actor who came in recently who was an actor and a COVID compliance officer. Well, that person's, you know, we let them in. Yeah. Yeah. They have information. They're smart people too. Exactly. I do voiceover a lot, hence my studio oh, here. And yeah, so I'm, I'm like that strange combination of a commercial producer and then I also do voiceover on the side. So everyone has a hyphen in Los Angeles, you know, actor, writer, producer, waiter. Uh, so <laughs> well, I'm yeah, sure especially you get all kinds of people in there. When it started as a listserv and before it got to Facebook, and there is a website, right? The website is really just now a billboard and just, you know, sort of an, an entry point. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember being on the WearSpot website. Yes. Before I found you guys on Facebook. And I think you had yeah. some resources on there. Yes. Did you yes. guys have we had, forms? There was or? a moment of two years where it was a very substantial website. Yes. Okay. You know, we didn't use Facebook. We used our own software, which I, we, I still think is better than anything mm-hmm. that Facebook has put together. And we did that for two years and we sold advertising and we had classifieds and we had pictures of the day, mm-hmm. you know, production pictures. And it was a lot yeah. of fun stuff. There was a lot of stuff going on and it was really great. But to be honest, the technology was expensive. Mm-hmm. We had created a lot of it. There were databases of directors and editors. Nice. And, you know, mm-hmm. the technology changed under the underlying technology change. It would have meant we would have had to spend a lot of money to keep Rebuild it up. It. So, yeah. you know, we said mm, right now, Facebook is pretty yes. good and it's free. And yeah. we don't make any money now. Back then we charged some money, but maybe once again, you know, the technology has changed again and who knows, maybe we'll find some way to, to make it even better. The databases that we have, and we still have a pretty deep database, the databases that we have are very powerful. It'd be nice to be able to put those back up. There's a lot, a lot we could do if we had the resources to do them. I mean, we, we have so many ideas about what it, could be mm-hmm. to make it better. A lot of it is obvious, you know, profiles, for example, giving people the opportunity to have fuller profiles, more moderation to help people who post things not carefully. Right. So with full information. And be able to get those posts to the right people at the right moment. Because 
one of the problems with Facebook is that if you're not on there all the time, you sometimes miss things. So, you know, and there's good jobs. I mean, it's like, I'm looking for a director who knows how to shoot tanks, you know, Right. I got that. I did that last week, you know, but I didn't, if I didn't see that post, you know, or somebody didn't forward it to me, I wouldn't know about it. So if there was a way for us to get those posts to the people that needed them at the moment, a little bit better, that's what we're talking about right now. Those are good ideas to, to make it better. Signal to noise, we think about a lot. Right. How to yeah. make that good. I actually heard somebody say that, you know, it's like if you're not like fast on the draw, like forget it. When I have the opportunity to talk to somebody before they post, my advice always is just be as specific as you possibly can. Right. Because you can get you can get the answer. About the money, about yep. What you need to see right. on a reel. What city are you talking about? <laughs> what city? <laughs> what city? Yeah. Hey, I need a I need a Coven's compliance officer Where? tomorrow. Where? Where are you? <laughs> I do think too that there is a little, you know, people can be a little gun shy too because they don't want to get flamed by the community because they've written something. So, which leads me to now that WearSpot has moved from your website to like Facebook, how has that changed the community? I don't think it's really changed it at all. It's actually, it's the difference is that, you know, some people don't like being on Facebook and that's one of the reasons like you, you started this podcast during the pandemic. This is sort of the idea of making where spot better foremost in our brains too, because we had a lot of time sitting at home and it's like, you know what? We've talked about doing something again. Let's, let's look at it. The people use it the same way. There's no change between the way they used it on our website Mm -hmm. And the way they use it on Facebook, we had a little bit more to offer on the website. So it's very specific. It's just questions and answers now. But they use it the same way. We just want to help them do it better. Well, do you find that emotions or questions have or responses have changed since March? Well, I mean, the, the main thing that comes to mind is just how many posts are about where can I get rapid right. testing like, you know, tomorrow in mm-hmm. Dallas Yep, and, and a lot of that type stuff. Great part one, Lawrence. This community is just so important. And I love hearing, especially in the late 90s, how things started to come together. Yeah. And uh, next week we get into 9-11, which was kind of a, a moment that kind of reflects a little bit of what's happening now and how that. I think a lot of people relate to that. Yeah, Yeah, because that was the only other kind of industry shutdown time that we had experience with. Um, at least I have. I mean, aside from strikes and all that kind of nonsense. But exactly. So, yeah, there's more guys next week. Part two. This was unplanned. We're going to end on 81 episodes this year. But uh, hey, this is our show, not yours. <laughs> so we get to do it the way we want. Bonus for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Lawrence, this show is edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening. We have one more episode next week. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, and stay active. Wear a mask. Please. That's what I got today. And wash your damn hands. It's disgusting. Send us your voice recordings or your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, how do people reach you directly? Oh, you can get me at lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. How about you, Christian? Sisterchristianproduces.com. There you go, guys. guys. We're here. Send us those voice messages. We love them. (laughs) One more week and then we're out for Christmas. Bye, y'all. Bye.